Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who really likes angel hair pasta. Brandon Siegel, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. Look, angel hair is a uh, it's a top-tier variation of pasta, uh, in my opinion. And I think there's a lot of good ones, but you know what I'm more concerned about, Trevor? I'm more concerned about the third member of this podcast. Um, you know, some people call them... Uh, their favorite contributor, I would not. He's my least favorite by a great deal. Uh, and that is, of course, Ben O'Brien. Ben, you, you didn't even know different types of pasta when we were talking about this. That's not true. That, that, is, that is a false accusation. I know their shapes. I just don't know what they're called. I mean, who, like, why does it matter? I, I, when, I, when I go to the store and buy pasta, it's not like I'm buying it based off of what it says on the box. I look at the shapes inside the box. So what do I need to know what they're actually called? I could tell I mean, you, you which one's you don't my need favorite to based on what they look like. You don't need to know, but we were, you know, just just so the viewers know, we were discussing like a, just a potentially a randomly ranked topic of favorite pasta shapes for Trevor. That was Trevor's idea, and Ben was like, "I don't know any." I'm like, "What's going on so, here? How do we not know any?" Right, Trevor. So basically, so basically, Ben's education level in terms of types of pastas is that of like a six year old. Actually, it's, uh, it's, it's that of someone who goes to kinder first, which Ben did do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is true. I did. That's a fact. Um, well, we, That's not even funny. It, it's it's, it's incredibly funny. It's, it's very, very funny. <laughs> but look, we got, a, we got a great episode coming up here. We have our last division to talk about. We, we saved a special one for the last. Um, so that will, of course, be our main topic. But let's get right into it. We have had some uh, NBA news this week, Trevor, uh, which I'm sure you're very giddy about, very excited about. Um, the first of which is about Kevin Durant. He has made amends with the uh, Brooklyn Nets organization. Uh, they're, they're all back in love, and him and Kyrie are both staying. What do we think about this? Yeah, so I, I think based on you know what the Nets were saying as far as just their trade offers, you know they really wanted this like they, they wanted like an incredible offer, like containing multiple good players, a lot of picks. Really, they were asking for this god godfather type of offer that really seemed like it was never going to happen um and i think the last kind of thing that uh pretty much cemented that this wasn't going to happen in my opinion was when kevin durant basically said hey it's me um like either trade me or get rid of uh the gm and steve nash and because i think that again i think we talked about it before i think that actually like made his trade value go down i mean when you are publicly making a statement you and you know your representation that it's like hey it's me or the the gm and the coach like why would other organizations want to take you on like they're gonna they're gonna be thinking in the back of their mind okay yes kevin Durant's an amazing player but he might come here for a year and then he might want out again so i think that could have been something that was in the minds of other general managers for other teams and i think that hurt his trade value um also, he's getting older. You know, he's 33. Yes, he's still, in my opinion, one of the best three players in the NBA. But because he's getting older um, and because of these other factors, you look at, like, a lot of these teams that were in talks about the trade discussions, like the Phoenix Suns, who have, you know, like Devin Booker. Like, they don't want to give up Devin Booker. Devin Booker's, like, 26. He's, like, 26. He's coming into his prime. Why would they want to do that? You know, another team, the Boston Celtics. Jalen Brown was in like being thrown out there with, within trade rumors. The Boston Celtics just went to the NBA Finals. They came very close to winning a title. So if the Nets are saying like, hey, give us like Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and three first-round picks for Kevin Durant, it's like, why would the Celtics do that? That's two very important pieces to a championship team, one of which, Jalen Brown, is like a top 20, top 25 player in the NBA. 
and first-round picks. So I, I think the asks from the Nets were too big, and there weren't a lot of offers there that were available, um, you know, given what had been transpiring in free agency. So this is kind of the, what they came to, the resolution for the time being. Um, and if you look at the roster that the Nets have on paper, I, I think this was always – it seemed like it got to a point eventually where it seemed like this was kind of going to happen because the Nets had been making moves – to continue building on this. I mean, they got Royce O'Neal, who's like a really good, experienced uh, role player from the Utah Jazz. They got him. Joe Harris, who was out with an injury um, pretty much all year last year with the Nets. He's supposed to be back. Um, obviously, they have Ben Simmons, who in the regular season, he's proven he's you know a good defensive player. And now the Kyrie situation, that's another thing that there were really not a lot of trade offers, if any, for him. Um, other than the Lakers, and we know the Nets weren't going to take back Russell Westbrook, so I think this was their only option, to bring the team back together, try to compete once again for a championship, and I think on paper, with the roster they have, it's possible they could do it. It still is possible they could do it. I thought they could have done it last year. It obviously didn't work out. I think it's still possible, but now the biggest thing is the chemistry and how these players are going to you know, work together. Um, obviously, you know, you can't just like say, "Oh, we're all good now." It's like, um, like we're all good with each other. That that's like hard to believe, right? So the biggest issue with the Nets, I think, this season is going to be like, how is this going to work together? W will there be more issues like this that'll come out? Probably. Will they? Will there be more drama? Probably. So that's the biggest thing I'd be worried about with the Nets, as far as specifically basketball on the floor. I think it'll probably work pretty darn well. But in the back of your mind, you got to worry about. It, just like what can go wrong probably will go wrong with the Nets at this point based on all of the drama that's been circulating um, for the past three years now. Yeah, and I, I think the situation was like, it really wasn't super unique. I think there's a lot of players that have probably done this privately. Uh, but Kevin Durant's the type of guy you just don't really let go. Like, you're, I mean, I would do everything in my power to keep him on my team. He's, he's just that amazing um, and, and so versatile on the basketball court. Ben, any final thoughts on Kevin Durant or we can keep it moving here? I mean, we, like, we, we've said the same, like we've all said, we said the same thing this whole time. Like, is his talent on the court worth the ego in the locker room? And like, I think, like you said, Brandon, most people would say yes. Like, he's worth it because he's an amazing player. He's one of the best players in the NBA. Um, but I'm so tired of this. Like, we've spent so much time this offseason talking about Kevin Durant and his issue with the Nets. And all, you know, like, like now all of a sudden he's fine and he's going to play this year. Like I, I do think that that, like Trevor said, like that is going to be an issue this year. I don't think you can just forget that this whole offseason happens with him. So, and Kyrie Irving. Um, so in terms of the coaching staff, the front office, like there is going to be, a, I think a, a, you know, a smaller bond of trust between the two sides, just because of everything that's happened in the turbulent offseason that they've had. Um, I'm so over it. I mean, we've spent so much time talking about him. It, it, it's almost football season. We should be talking about the NFL, and we're talking about Kevin Durant complaining about the team he's on. So <laughs> I'm so over it. I'm tired of talking about it. We should just move on. All right. I don't think we'll have uh, much more Durant news, and we're getting to a lot of fun. Let's hope. Jeez. A lot of fun NBA, uh, NFL conversation in a little bit. But we do. We got to hit on a couple more topics to, just so Trevor is happy. We got to we got to satisfy Trevor uh, for the podcast with NBA content. We did have a nice little trade uh, for the Lakers. Patrick Beverly got traded. Um, to the Lakers for Stanley Johnson and Taylor Taylor Horton Tucker, um, which I guess this is a, an interesting trade. Provides a little bit of defense. Uh, well, wait, Trevor, what are your what are your thoughts on this trade? Anything really is this significant? 
Yeah, so I, I think this is really interesting because although, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think this necessarily changes uh, what the Lakers are going to be capable of uh, next season. I think this is a clear signal that they would like to somehow get get off of Russell Westbrook. You know, trade him, uh, release him, get rid of him in some way. Um, that is inevitable, I, I would say, because if – here, I'll say this, Brandon. If I were to tell you, take pick any two players in the NBA that you would never, under any circumstances, put on the same team, literally any two players – I mean, wouldn't those two players be Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook? Because those would be mine. I mean, it, it's pretty crazy um, to think that they could ever play on the same team. Number one, from a basketball standpoint, they don't fit together whatsoever. Neither of them can shoot. Um, you know, it, it just doesn't work. And then obviously they have a history of beef. So for that reason, it also wouldn't work. So I'm interested to see now what they do with Russell Westbrook, um, you know, is there, you know, like an Indiana Indiana Pacers, a Charlotte? Like, which team is going to be open to potentially trading for Russell Westbrook? Or will any team be open to trading for him? I don't know. I mean, there have been a few different packages. The Pacers have been one of the most popular ones that I've seen out there lately. I mean, they do still have Miles Turner, um, a player who's been in a lot of trade rumors. Um, you know, so it's possible that maybe the Lakers could try to get a Miles Turner. I think Miles Turner could actually be someone who could help the Lakers out a lot. He, he he's would. A, he's a big. He's a big who can shoot the ball a little bit. So I think that could be pretty interesting. Uh, Buddy Heald, obviously, is out there as a piece that has been talked about for the Lakers before. So we'll see. Um, again, I have no idea if the Pacers actually would be open to taking on Russell Westbrook. But this will be interesting. I do think Beverly, you know, as a role player and, like, his defensive impact, uh, his tenacity could help the Lakers to some degree, but at the end of the day, obviously, they have a ton of other problems. I mean, the Lakers, they have LeBron and Anthony Davis, who now have had more health issues. When they're on the floor, they're incredible. They're really, really good. LeBron had an awesome season last year, but uh, they weren't on the floor all the time last year. And then f looking at the role players, I mean, all of their role players are essentially sixth, seventh, eight men on most basketball teams. So we'll have to see what happens going forward, but uh, you know it should be interesting because uh, we'll we'll probably be hearing more about you know the Lakers and Russell Westbrook in the next couple month, uh, couple weeks, I would say. Oh, I'm I'm sure we will. It's it's going to be a, a very very high level conversation about the Lakers. Um, but speaking of a different Lakers player, LeBron James, you know, competed a little bit in like a I don't know what what even was this a pro am type event? Um, he mm -hmm. competed with Chet Holgram. Uh, and we have some upsetting news. It seems like he had uh, an injury to his right foot, and he will be missing the entire season, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, he, he joins a list of people who have missed their first season, like Ben Simmons, um, and I don't, I don't even remember who else missed. Joel Embiid, I think, missed a Joel lot of times Embiid. for season. Joel Embiid, yep. Yeah, so uh, very, very unfortunate. I was hoping we'd be able to get to see him on the floor. Uh, any, any major things you want to add from this, Trevor? Yeah, really just uh, some sad news. Obviously, we wanted to see Chet Holmgren out there playing. Um, this is a Liz Frank injury. Uh, he's supposed to be out for the year. Um, you know, and I, I think Oklahoma City, this was a team with all their young talent. You know, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Josh Giddy seemed to, you know, make some pretty big improvements. Now you add Chet Holmgren as a potential uh, face of your franchise, in addition to, you know, some other good young players. I mean, they also drafted Jalen Williams as well from Santa Clara. Uh, he had some good, like, you know, summer league uh Debut, uh, good, good debut and some good games there. I think this was a Thunder team that could have potentially 
you know, been interesting. Been at least, like, could they have made a run at the play-in? Maybe. Like, it could have been possible. Obviously, this puts a, definitely a dent in that um, that campaign. And now I think the Thunder, once again, got to be thinking, okay, we have just kind of... Uh, our play was to try to get a high pick for the past couple years. Do we want to try to do that once again now that Chet Holmgren is out for the year? You know, last year... There were quite a lot of games where they were sitting their best players. They were sitting Shea for quite a while. Um, you know, they were trying to actively lose games, it seemed like. Um, and will they try to do that again? You know, Victor Wembanyama is supposed to be the number one pick out of France. He's a highly coveted player that a lot of these teams are looking at. Will they do that again? And how will that impact a, a player like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who mm-hmm. at this point I would think has to be sick of losing? Um, so... I'm really interested to see what path they take. Do they, again, angle to try to get a number one pick, potentially? Or do they just try to make the the best of a bad situation and try to mm-hmm. you know win, establish a little bit of the culture here? Yeah, I, I I hope the best for Chet, and hopefully he has you know a real, real easy recovery and speedy. Um, but we'll have to wait and see him play in a little bit. Uh, let's keep on moving on here to small talk trivia. Uh, Trevor, what's the current scoreboard of trivia? So current scoreboard, Brandon, uh, you're in the lead with 17 points, and Ben and I uh, are tied with 15 points. Not a very shocking result. A nice little two-point comfort lead. Um, so today we have uh, an interesting order. I will be asking the question first to Trevor. Trevor, you'll be asking Ben, and Ben, you'll be asking me your question. Um, so, Trevor, here we go. We have the NFL season coming up very, very soon. Uh, we are all very, very excited for the NFL season. So here is my question. Tom Brady, your favorite player, one of my least favorite, has been uh, awarded and selected to 15 Pro Bowls. There has been four players that are tied for second with 14 Pro Bowls. Name one of them. Name so, one of them? Yeah. Huh. All you got to do is name one of them to get, to get your point today. So what player has is tied for the second most Pro Bowl selections in their career with 14? Okay, so Tom Brady has 15 Pro Bowl selections, and there are four players with 14 Pro Bowl selections. I'll have to name one of them. So, oh, once again, Ben has an opportunity to steal here. But, there, I mean, there's a player that I immediately thought of, but the fact that you're asking me this question and you're saying, oh, there's you only have to name one to get a point, I feel like this player that I immediately thought of is not one of these players. So... Now I'm like a little, I'm a little thrown for a loop here on this question. Um, you know, it's easy to think about positions like quarterback or wide receiver or running back. It's not as easy to think about like an offensive tackle or a defensive end, you know, or like an outside linebacker or something like that. So 14 Pro Bowl selections. Who would have played in the league for that long? to get 14 selections. They got to be consistently very good, obviously. Um, So Brady had 15 Pro Bowl selections. I feel like this other guy easily could have had 14. I feel like he could have had 14. I don't know. He played... He played a lot of seasons. Um, Oh, you know what? There's also another guy now that's coming to my mind that plays the wide receiver position that played in the league for a long time and was very good for a long time. Um, as well, you know, so 
I, I don't want to again we, for the for the sake of the listeners. I, I can't just like sit here and talk for three minutes thinking about like what I want to say. So I'm not going to go with the first player that came to my mind. I feel like it's too obvious, and I feel like that I feel like you wouldn't give me something that's that easy, Brandon. So I don't feel like it's this guy. I'm going to go with a little bit more of a deep cut here. Um, but I think this player was very consistent throughout their career, and I think they did have a long career. So I'm gonna. Uh, this might be a terrible guess. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go with it. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. That is my answer, Brandon. Didn't want to go with the no shot. Didn't want to go with the obvious there's one. No shot. <laughs> and you think there's one. no way? There's no way. Um, that's I just the... don't think that's right. I don't I'm think a, that's a right I'm guess. A, Larry Fitzgerald. He had a long career. He was very good for a long time. You know, uh, a lot of productive seasons. So that's my that's my guess, Brandon. So Ben, you're 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 doubling down. You're like, no shot. You you were adamant about that. You think that's incorrect? Well, I just think like um, Larry Fitzgerald is very good, and he played for a long time. But to be a Pro Bowler for fourteen seasons, like I don't know. I I just would have never guessed Larry Fitzgerald. Well, that is because Larry Fitzgerald is incorrect. And <laughs> I want to point out before the podcast, I told Trav- I told Trevor, I was like, I don't think you'll get my question, but I think Ben will. So I'm excited to see what Ben has to say. Ben, do you have a name in mind? Well, now, now I don't want to guess what I was going to guess because I was just going to guess what, what Trevor should have guessed, which is the first name he thought of, which was Peyton Manning, I would assume. It, was um, that the first name you were going to guess, Trevor? Yes, it was. Okay. I figured. so. And honestly, Trevor, I had no other guesses, so I'm just going to go Peyton Manning, final answer. I'm not even going to waste my time. No way. I no, can't think of anyone no else way anyway. It's, no way that's the answer. I mean, he played for like 17, 18 years. So, so. Trevor, you're doubling sure. down that no way it's the answer. <laughs> Brand's playing mind games with us. I'm just, I'm done talking. Just, I don't know. Wait, so you're saying there's no shot? Is that, that's my question. Like, do you think there's no shot it could be Peyton Manning? No, there's absolutely a shot. But you said this was a difficult question. I did. Well, I didn't say, no, no, no. I didn't say it was that difficult. I just said I didn't think you would get it. Okay. Like, I I don't think it's easy either, but. So, so Trevor, no shot, it's Peyton Manning. You're doubling down on that. No, no shot. There's absolutely a shot. If All it's right. Peyton Manning, well, there I is a shot. Upset. There is a shot, it's Peyton Manning, and it is Peyton Manning. One of the answers is Peyton Manning. <laughs> so, Ben, you got half a point. My initial prediction was correct. <laughs> I'm at it. I'm at yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, Tre- Trevor was overthinking that one. And, like, I, 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 when you were talking about it, he's like, oh, I mean, this is a pretty easy one. I think they, this person played a long time. I'm like, please don't guess Peyton Manning because it's the only guess I have. So, so, I'm glad you didn't go with your gut, Trevor. I think I would have been able to name at least one or two others. Uh, and like when I say them, you guys will be like, "Oh, that makes sense." One of them is Tony Gonzalez. He went. He went to fourteen. Uh, the other one that I would have potentially guessed is Bruce Matthews, the uh, the Titans lineman. No idea who that is. He's on the Titans. Um, he went fourteen. And then there's another guy who I've never heard of, Merlin Oslin, uh, who went to <sighs> fourteen with the Rams. So there's Brandon, the four possible options. Brandon, you just Jedi mind tricked me. You just did some like Big Brother uh, like three D <laughs> chess strategy on me, and I'm upset. <laughs> I, I've said I thought I'd be good at Big Brother. I have said that. But I, I didn't try to do that. I, I just tried to give you the facts. You know? Okay. But uh, here we are, Trevor. You didn't. You missed out on a point. You are now sitting in last place. But Trevor, it is to you to ask Ben a question. All right, Ben. Well, I'm just going to forget about that and move forward. Um, okay. So, you know, we, we were talking about the, the Manti Teo film on Netflix last night, which, by the way, I loved. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen this, um, you should go watch it. It was incredible. Um, but it was really interesting because they were talking about like Manti Teo and, you know, because of essentially how this, you know, sort of ruined his career in a way. I mean, you know, uh, he, he wasn't drafted in the first round. He was drafted, I believe, 38th by the San Diego Chargers at the time. Um, so this relates to my question, Ben. Uh, my question is this. Who is the last Heisman Trophy winner 
to not be drafted in the first round of the NFL draft? Oh, Trevor, that's such a good question, man. Okay, so to not be drafted. Well, actually, I mean, if we're being technical, my answer is Bryce Young because he won and he has not been drafted in the first round. But I, I will not. I will assume that that's not what you mean. But yeah, that yeah. is right. I mean, that is the right. Players that have entered the draft, yeah. Okay. You're saying that the most recent player? Yeah, most recent. Okay. To not be drafted in the first round. Okay, now I got to try to remember who won the Heisman. Okay, well, the Alabama uh, receiver, whatever his name is, on the Eagles, he, he was first round pick. Trevor Lawrence was a first round, or Trevor Lawrence did win. Um, Joe Burrow was a first round pick. 19. Uh, oh, that was Burrow. Um, Kyler Murray, first round pick. Year before that, Baker Mayfield, first round pick. I mean, I could do this forever. I, so it's not re- that recently because everyone that I can think of recently in the last five or six years has been a first-round pick. Um, I mean, Derrick Henry was a running back, so maybe not a first-round pick, but I don't remember. Oh, man, this is a good question. And on RG3, I hit though. He was second overall. Um, I'm so mad at myself because I used to be able to go through and like I could tell you like who won the Heisman every single year, but – now I'm getting older. It's harder for me to do that. So <laughs> I hate you, Trevor, because the only people I can think of I know for a fact are wrong. So I'm just going to have to guess someone that I know it's wrong because I don't. I can't even remember <laughs> who else won the Heisman after, like, Cam Newton. So uh-huh. before Cam Newton, I couldn't tell you. Um, Lamar was a first-round pick, right, because he was the 32nd overall, I believe, to the Ravens because Brandon was very upset at that pick. Let's not forget Brandon hated that pick. He th- said it was the worst pick ever. It's whatever. I didn't say it was the worst pick um, ever. I didn't like it, but I didn't say it was the worst You were very upset, ever. I remember. Um, I don't know. I don't even have a guess. I seriously don't have a guess because I do not have a guess that I know is not wrong. Every guess I have I know for a fact is wrong. So I'll just guess Derek Henry. That's my final answer. Well, Ben. Um, <sighs> ben, I'm so that upset. Guess is, that guess I'm so is not upset wrong, with you. <laughs> that's the correct okay. answer. That was my most educated guess I had. <laughs> running back, a lot of times running backs aren't going to go first round. So that was my most educated guess. Oh, yeah, ben, ben, I knew that answer too. I was just hoping you didn't say Derrick Henry. He was drafted, <laughs> I think, like four, in the 40s. He was drafted. He really? 45th, yeah. That's crazy. 45th to the Tennessee Titans in the 2016 draft. Yeah. Ah, oh, Ben, I'm so upset. I knew that one. I was like, I'm getting a free half point here. I can't believe I pulled that one. I really didn't think I'd be able to get that. But Derrick Henry running back was my most educated guess I had. Otherwise, I'm like, I did not have anyone else I could have guessed. All right. I have no idea. Well. Ben, you got a full point. You are now, you got a full point and a half this week. So really, really good week in terms of trivia for you. You're now half a point down on me and up on Trevor by a lot. So Trevor has lost all opportunities here to gain a point, right? Or no, no, no. Hey, this, you, you this, uh, this is shake and bake right here, Ben. Ben's Ricky Bobby. I'm Cal Martin Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys just won't finish Cal, first. Cal not in first. So, so, all right, Ben, so it's your turn to ask me a question, I think. All right, Brent, here's my question. It's a pretty easy question. I do think that you'll be able to get this okay. one right, okay? The question is, which college football team, college football starting this week, I thought I'd throw in a college mm-hmm. football question, which college football team program, I guess you could say, holds the record for a longest losing streak? Who has the longest losing streak in college football history? What school? The longest losing streak? It's, it doesn't have to be active. Just in general, who has had the longest losing streak in college football history? I have no clue. You thought I'd get this? This is the question? <laughs> I did. Yeah. This was the hardest question today, I feel like. Would you agree, Trevor? I mean, yeah. I thought for sure either one of you would get this. I feel like the only way you can get it is if you, like, 
heard it you saw it somewhere you heard it and you just happened to i know it. yeah it's one of those things that i'd have to see i mean there's 130 teams i mean I, I could probably count out like 20 who are amazing but like i feel like any team could have had a spell pretty much of a lot of games like a couple seasons in a row just losing um i, I mean i go with the guess i'll say kansas my guess final answer i don't know i have no clue unfortunately final answer is kansas Brandon, that is incorrect. It is not Kansas. Okay. Not the Kansas Jayhawks. Even though they once did have Jamar Chase committed to their school and then he decommitted, they are not the correct answer. Okay. Trevor, up to or, uh, to you for half a point to okay. get on the scoreboard today. What do you think? Longest losing well, streak in college football. All right. Well, longest losing streak in college football. Uh, Brandon has eliminated Kansas for me, so thank you, Brandon. Now yeah, I have like a now I have like 128 schools or 129 <laughs> schools to to uh, decide between. Is this only um, is this only like Division One uh, FBS schools? Like it's yes, not Division One be... FBS. Okay, nope, so it's, it's no... not going to be like Northwestern Central State University yeah, or something. Okay. This is a team that you both have heard of. All right. Okay. I should so... have asked if it was Power Five or not. I would have helped. I mean, I guess it, I don't know. Yeah. Even that, like, I don't um, think that's narrowing it down to. I mean, it does a lot, but like, I mean, a little bit, yeah. Most of the Power Five teams, it could be. Right. I mean, it's probably not okay. Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, or LSU, but, like, I don't know. So, the longest, you said, just in general, this is an active streak, right? It's the longest. Nope, not active. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you it's not active. Longest streak, longest losing streak for a Division One FPS uh, school, university. Um, all right, so it's not Kansas. If I'm going through conferences, Big Ten, if it were to be Big Ten, you think about, like, some of the worst schools in Big Ten history, um, although some of these schools were in other conferences, but you think about like a Northwestern who has definitely been bad at certain points. Um, I don't know. There's no team that's really like sitting out in the Big Ten. Big 12, uh, Brandon said Kansas. Kansas is, yeah, they're the worst team in the Big 12 historically. So if I was going to go Big 12, that would probably be my guess, uh, but it's not them. If it is Big East... Uh, I don't know if anything really makes sense there. Um, yeah, it's going to be a wild shot in the dark, I think, with this answer. Uh, Pac-10 or Pac now Pac-12, obviously. Um, worst schools in that conference? Uh, I don't really know, to be honest. Um, all right, we're going to go with a random <laughs> shot in the dark. Worst program. Ben, did you think this This was? This is as bad as <laughs> Trevor's had some bad questions that were, like, so difficult. This one's really hard. Oh, man. Um, Hold on, Ben, I have another question. This will help Trevor. Did this happen in our lifetimes? But I'm not answering any more questions. Trevor's got to If it didn't you. happen in our lifetime, <laughs> okay. I feel like we should boycott this question. I think I think in order for this to be any sort of... If, if, if Ben was going to ask this, I feel like it has to relate to us in some way. This is just my wild logic. I think it's. I think it has to be like an Ohio school. It has to relate to us in some way. Maybe it's a Mac school. I don't know. That's that's just the framing I'm using, um, because that's the only way I have a chance to get this question right. Um, I'm going to say that the answer is Akron. Random shot in the uh, dark. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. But Akron has had some very bad football teams. So, so hold Akron on, hold on, Ben, ben Trevor. Answer. I feel like it's fair. I think that's a good guess. I think it's fair. If this isn't even in our lifetimes, we got to boycott this question. Absolutely not. 
because I've had many opportunities where I could have boycotted <laughs> one of your questions, Brandon, and we never did because you've asked some insanely hard questions. No, I have nothing. This is this Dude, is a don't shot even get me started. One in like two, I, I, I routinely, pretty much every week, ask the easiest questions. I will put that on anything. That is valid. I That's always valid. ask the easiest questions. Right. The one time I ask a hard question, you guys are complaining about All right, about so you, you get a free started. pass for this one. You'll get a free pass. Was this in our lifetime? What's, no, what's oh, this question is terrible. What's the answer? What's the answer? Well, well, it was Northwestern. Trevor was like 95% of the way there. He was going to guess Northwestern. When, when, what is the, oh how many God. games did they lose? Uh, It was 34 games in a row. They lost. That was such a bad question. I didn't think oh. there was any chance you guys were going to get that right, but I was going to, I pulled a Brandon and just pulled some Jedi mind trick and said that you guys, uh, I think you could get it right because that's what Brandon says every week. So <laughs> I, I actually, this week, I was 100% spot on. I was like, I don't think Trevor will get it. I thought you would get it, Ben. Well, I thought Trevor would get it right because it's Northwestern. It's his local can team. We, and he almost we, got it right. I thought he was going to guess Someone it. tweet at me that that question was garbage. If anyone knew that question. Oh, you don't oh want to do it, Brandon. No, I will no. go back. I will go back and listen to every single. That is harder than I will go back and listen to every single trivia that we've ever done. I promise you I can find a question no. that's probably harder Go back. Go back and sort through it. Or or whoever's listening, if you could. You do not want You do not want to fight this fight. You don't want to fight this fight. I do want to fight this fight. Because I routinely ask what I would say the easiest questions. I ask the easiest questions more often. You do. Than that, I would I'll say. give you that. You do get you. You definitely ask out of the three. And the of us. one time I, I, you get one time you get me. One time I, I ask you a question. It's hard. You want to throw a fit about it? Don't even get. I, I feel like that's. You're just upset that I'm within half a point of you now. All I right, feel like that's super reasonable. <laughs> I was gonna ask such a hard question too, and I feel like my question wasn't harder than that. I was just going to ask you to guess a number. I was going to so, 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 we talked about this before. The Those are the hardest ones. The Ravens have won. No, the number ones are the hardest ones, and you always do that. No, 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 no. Because you'll here's, be like, oh, uh, within have, have... three, tell me how many yards Tom Brady threw in his no, freshman year of no, high school. No, no, like, what no. is this? Okay, okay, okay. Here was the question I was going to ask. I was going to ask, the Ravens have won 23 straight preseason games. What is the, the, the current longest streak besides that, which is the Raiders of four? And I was going to say, guess like a number. Okay, so you had like a 1 in 22 shot of guessing a number, which is hard, and I didn't ask it. You just gave us a question with like a 1 in like probably a 90 shot. It's and yeah. we're not going to talk about how Trevor has asked many NBA questions where the chance, the, the odds are 1 in the 5,000 people that have played in the NBA. <laughs> we're not going to acknowledge those no, questions No, no, we either. can acknowledge that too, Trevor. You've had some no, terrible questions. I think mine have, I think mine are always easier than your guys's. But anyway. Oh, no, stop, 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 stop. Ben has You're the easiest. So ben, I, I'll agree with that. Ben has... He asked good questions normally. This one was bad. This was an F, Ben. You got an F on your report card. That's fine with me. I'm within half a point of the lead, so you can cry all you want about it. Nevertheless, we, we got more to talk about. We got we got the the whole AFC North to talk about. So let's let's go right into this one here. Um, this is our last division in our little series of doing every single division, going you know, a little bit of a deep dive in every single team. Um, so AFC North, as you guys know, I'm a huge Ravens fan. Ben's a huge Bengals fan. Trevor likes whatever team Tom Brady is on. So you know, if Tom Brady goes to the Steelers, he'll be a Steelers fan. No so shot. We're all we're all we all have fandom no in the shot. AFC North to some extent, and uh, we save this division for last as I, I feel like we have passionate thoughts about it. Um, so let's get let's just get right into it. I feel like we should start with the division winner. Should we save for the Bengals towards the end for you know? What should we do? Division winner. I disagree. I think we should get the the least uh, the least interesting team out of the way and talk about the Steelers first because they're no fun to talk. about. Uh, we can do that. I, I I'm down with that. We can we can talk about the Steelers first because I think the other three teams have a lot of interesting things to talk about. So let's 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 start with the Steelers. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, the Steelers last year came in second in the division. They were actually half a game off uh, winning the division, uh, which would have been pretty crazy. Nine seven and one, so a positive record. 
Um, and it was a uh, interesting offseason, to say the least, for the Steelers. They lost Roethlisberger, of course, gained Trubisky and Pickett, which uh, we had a debate before the Pies. We'll talk about it in a little bit here. I think that's a major upgrade. Um, they lost a lot of receiver, though. Ray Ray McCrowd's gone. Juju Smith-Schuster, of course, is gone. James Washington is gone. Uh, Eric Ebron, tight end, who they've had a lot of faith in, and they've transitioned more than a feeder muth, or I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, Joe Schobert is gone. Uh, Stephen Tewitt retired. Joe Hayden is gone. So they had a lot of key pieces leave, but they also uh, re-signed a lot of key pieces and added a lot of key pieces. Larry, oh, oh, oh my God, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. Ogunjobi. Um, yes, it was a great pickup defensive tackle. Miles Jackson, another player that I absolutely love. Um, they re-signed and extended uh, Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick. Really, really huge signings. So they acquired pieces that were important and, in my opinion, got better, especially their offensive line. Uh, James Daniel, a really great guard. Mason Cole, the Michigan standout uh, center. Uh, so they, I think, have gotten better, in my opinion. Um, and this is a team that will be playing in the second-place slot schedule, uh, which isn't necessarily the easiest, especially with the AFC just getting as good as it is now. Uh, but I'll pass off to one of you. Ben, why don't you start uh, for us today? What do you think about the Steelers? What are your kind of expectations for this year? Um, I just want to preface this. I want to make sure everyone understands nobody likes the Steelers. They're the worst. They suck. Um, but if I'm being not subjective, I still think they suck. I don't think they're that good at all, if we're being honest. Um, I mean, yes, they got better at quarterback, but the, the bar was pretty low there. I mean, if they have somebody that can throw a ball more than, like, four miles an hour, they got better at quarterback this <laughs> yeah. year. Yeah. Hey, Trevor um, doesn't yes, think have, so. I'm, I'm interested dude, to see. I would, I, I would have given a lot of money. I would have paid a lot of money to have Ben Roethlisberger not retire. I agree. Because he was so bad. He, I mean, he, was, he was not good. <laughs> If we think about Brandon, if we could still have Ben Roethlisberger oh, and Baker Mayfield in this division, oh, oh we were Ben, the dream. Ben, we'd be swimming in the money, living the yeah, dream. Yeah, that, that, but, I that mean, sounds amazing. I wanted, I, I know I'm like the biggest Browns and Baker Mayfield hater. I wanted him to resign. That would have been beautiful. Me too. But I mean, in terms of the Steelers, like, I don't know. I'm just not. I'm not that impressed with them. I really do not think they're going to be that great. Yes. They got better at quarterback, but they're still going to have issues at quarterback because whether it's Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, or Mason Rudolph, I guess technically is still kind of in the running. Um, it's going to be an up-and-down season. I mean, regardless of who the quarterback is, there's going to be up-and-down seasons. Um, they're, they're, they have a great running back, but their wide receiver core, I mean, they got Claypool and they got Deontay Johnson, but I'm not, like, super impressed with their receivers. They have decent receivers. Um, and, yes, they, ha- they still have a decent defense. They obviously still have T.J. Watt, who's one of, if not the best, defensive player in the NFL and they still make a Fitzpatrick who's making a stupid amount of money but um I don't know I just think in this division I think they're going to struggle I, I think this is real this is you know the closest Mike Tomlin's going to get to maybe ruining his perfect uh at least 500 every year streak that he's got going on because I think there's a pretty decent chance that they'll go under 500 it's just my opinion it's what I think maybe it's because I hate them um but I don't know I, I see a lot of issues in the Steelers team and, and them being in the AFC North is not going to help their case at all so I I actually slightly disagree a little bit I I think all four of these AFC North teams, I think this is the closest division in terms of how good each team is. And I, I actually really like this Steelers team. You know, we look at Roethlisberger. They they, they won nine games with Roethlisberger. I, I think Trubisky's just as good, if not better. And seemingly to me, yes, they lost a lot. And I think that it's going to be an interesting year. I can easily see them winning eight, nine games again and still being in, like, contention for uh, a wild card spot even. I, I, I don't think this is a team to underestimate, especially with the fact that they have great coaching. Um, and, you know, a lot of their veteran players and their coaching staff are experienced in these situations. Um, and I, I just think the Steelers are really not 
that bad of a team at all. Um, right now, I think they're over under a seven and a half. To me, that seems low. I, I'm going over on that for sure. Um, and I, I really don't think it'll be nearly as bad of a season as we all think. Uh, having that second place schedule might be a little bit difficult. It's not too many games where they, you know, will have harder schedule than some of the other teams in the division. But uh, this is, I think, definitely the team that has, I think, at this point, like some of the biggest question marks. If that makes sense, but I think we could definitely agree on on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Trevor, well, what do you think about the Steelers? Maybe your favorite yeah, so, team if, if Brady goes there. Who knows? Uh, no chance. And Brady would never go there. He's he. he he's, if he did, if he did, enemy. would you be a fan? He wouldn't. And no, no I wouldn't. No, but that's not the, that's not the hypothetical. If he did, would you? No, be a fan? absolutely. Do you not. want to root for Brady? No, <laughs> he's. Not All right, I now want Tom Brady no, on, the, on the on the Steelers. No, no, there's no shot that would ever happen, and I could never root for the Steelers. They are the end. <laughs> but anyway, um, as far as the Steelers this year. Um, I'm not totally sure I agree that the quarterback situation is better. I mean, I think there is something to be said about, like, having, like, a trust in chemistry with, like, your wide receivers and your team in general. And also, um, just like, obviously, Mike Tomlin, he's a great coach. He's one of, he's one of the best coaches in the NFL for sure. Um, you know, having that kind of relationship and knowing the plays and just, like, the experience that he has um, as a quarterback, I think that's something that in a lot of situations did help the Steelers, despite the fact that, you know, uh, we saw a lot of inaccurate throws from Ben, uh, a couple of abysmal throws, pretty pretty uh, immobile uh, for a lot of, you know, for most plays. Um, but I think that there's something to be said about that. So I don't think necessarily that Mitch or Kenny Pickett this season will be better than Ben. Now, maybe Kenny Pickett ends up being a really good quarterback, or not really good, probably not really good, but like maybe he's like a decent quarterback like next year or in year three and then at that point maybe he's better than what ben was last year but i think as a rookie i i find it hard to see him being better and mitch we kind of know what he is capable of i don't think he's very good um so i don't really think he'll be better than ben um as far as the rest of the team uh the biggest bright spot they have is Najee harris i really think Najee harris already has shown to be an awesome running back with the abysmal yeah. offensive line they had last year I mean, I was reading a couple stats that were talking about how I think Najee Harris had, like, the most broken tackles of any running back last year. I forget exactly what the stat was, but very good at breaking tackles. So if he has at least a a competent offensive line, and I do think this one has improved to some degree. Shout out to James Daniels, former uh, Warren G. Harding Raider, played at my alma mater high school. Um, I think their offensive line's gotten at least a little bit better. So I think the running game is really what they're going to have to rely on a lot this year. And I think it will win them some games. Najee Harris, I think, is this year probably going to be one of the best three running backs in the NFL, three or four. Um, So with that, I think that will help them keep them in games. But relying on Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett to win you games in critical situations, I just don't have as much trust in them as I would most quarterbacks in the NFL, including Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and another big thing that when you look at uh, the Steelers' schedule from last year, every single one of their wins outside of their Week 17 win against the Browns was a one-score or less win. So all, all of their wins were close wins. They barely squeaked them out, every single one of them, except the Browns' win in Week 17. I mean, you go down the line, Bills, touchdown. Uh, Denver Broncos, eight points. Seattle, overtime, three points. They tied the Detroit Lions in overtime. They beat the Bears by two points, beat the Browns by five. Baltimore Ravens, overtime, three points. Every single one of these wins, they squeak out last year. So, yes, they were 9-7-1, and seven and one, 
but I think that was a little bit of a misrepresentation of how good they actually were. I think last year they were actually more of like a seven-win team. So you put that into context. Now, you, I didn't talk about their defense yet. I do think their defense was pretty abysmal last year. I think it did get a little better. So overall on paper, I think their team is pretty similar. Like I, like I think their running back situation obviously is great. Najee Harris is awesome. Um, I think their quarterback's a little bit worse. The wide receiver's pretty similar. And I think their defense maybe is a little bit better. So I think it kind of evens out. And I think they all ultimately, looking at their schedule, going down the line, I think they're going to be right around that seven or eight wins again. Well, they, I mean, again, they won nine wins. But I think with the schedule they have, the seven and a half is over under. I think that's appropriate. I think they'll win about, I would say, eight games, eight and nine, I think, for the Steelers. Ben, do you have an over under prediction before we move on? If it's seven and a half, I'll take the under. I'll say seven wins. Wow. This is bold. Somebody's got to come in last place. I think it's going to be them. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the Browns next, uh, who have had an interesting offseason, to say the least. They went 8-9 and nine last year. Um, they obviously traded for Deshaun Watson, who will be out 11 games. Uh, he'll be able to play everyone in the division once. And he comes back to play against his old team, the Houston Texans. And the Browns' offseason, in terms of people leaving and going, has been an interesting one. I think... Uh, objectively, you can look at their offense and be like, this offense got worse. Uh, they lost um, They lost Jakeem Grant. Or excuse me, not they got Jakeem Grant. They lost uh, Rashad Higgins. They lost Travis Landry. Seemingly, Odell will not be back. Maybe, but probably not. Casey Treader, a Pro Bowl-level center they lost. Um, and players they gained. You know, they signed new centers, but I, I think two of their top three centers are hurt uh, out for the year, which is going to be a big blow. Uh, wide receivers they signed. They got Amari Cooper, which is great. I like Amari Cooper. Um, but that's a big hole to fill for losing uh, Hooper, losing uh, Odell, Jarvis, and Rashad Higgins. So their wide receiver's a big question mark. I think Jacqueline Grant is also out for the year, which is unfortunate. Um, and they got rid of a couple other pretty big pieces. And they signed a couple big pieces. They traded for Case Winovich, who I personally love, Michigan grad. Um, uh, Denzel Ward, they re-signed. So they, they have good pieces that are there. Uh, but their defense, on the other hand, I think objectively got better. Uh, so this is kind of a, a weird portion where you know you have Watson coming back from the final six games, and he's played well, but he hasn't played football in two years. So this team has some question marks for sure. Um, I talked on the AA team podcast a little bit about them, and I said I feel like nine games is a is a a reasonable goal for this team. Uh, if you look at this team's schedule, I, I can't remember what we say in the back half of their schedule, is is, is a little difficult. Um, you know, when Watson comes back, which is, you know, good in terms of gameplay. Uh, so this is going to be a very interesting season, I think, for the Cleveland Browns. Trevor, I'm going to start with you first. What do you think about this team? Yeah, so I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, looking at their offense, first of all, obviously the quarterback situation, it's Jacoby Brissett. We, we would, I guess for now, we'll see. Uh, but for now, for the first 11 weeks, it, you know, I guess you can project and say, okay, Jacoby Brissett, if you're thinking about it with that, with the running back situation and all the pieces they have on offense, um, their offense certainly got worse compared to what it was last year, uh, for the first 11 weeks at least. Uh, with Deshaun Watson, depending on how he plays, again, we don't know, he's, he's been out for two years, but overall it seems like the offense can be a little bit worse because you already said it, wide receiver got worse, they lost two or three guys and they got Amari Cooper. Sure, Amari Cooper's solid. He's good, but um, other than that, um, it's it's you know not not necessarily ideal. Um, J.C. Treader, a big loss there. 
Um, they had one of the best offensive lines last year, um, if not the best. I mean, top three, I would say for sure. Uh, it seems like that got at least slightly worse. Um, obviously, you know, they still have Nick Chubb, which is one of the best, I would say, three running backs in the NFL probably, and Kareem Hunt. So they still have the good running back core that, you know, once again, they'll have to rely a lot on, especially when it's Brissett. Um, so it'll be interesting. I mean, I think their situation um, on offense isn't a ton different than the Steelers in that they're going to have to rely a ton on the running game. The running game is going to have to be successful. And I do think their running game is poised to be, I don't know. See, I, see, I don't know how the offensive line is actually going to be, how much more, how much better it's going to be for the Steelers. I think the Browns is still better because they have two really solid options and they have a better offensive line still. So I think the Browns' offense overall is probably going to be a little bit better. Um, but that's, again, that's not saying a lot. So I think their offense is still decent, not quite as good as it was last year. And then on the defensive end, I actually feel decent about the defense. Um, there's a lot of unknowns here, but I do like some of the pieces that they have on defense. I mean, Jer Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame, I was a big fan of mm -hmm. him in college when they drafted him. I loved that pick. I was like, yes, this is an amazing pick by the Browns. Um, again, they still have that, that pass rush that you can look at. Obviously, uh, with led by Miles Garrett, of course, that's a big selling point for them. But then the interior defensive line is a little bit more of a weak point, right? So, I don't know. It's 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 really tough for the Browns. I think on paper, um, with Brissett, they're a, a middle of the pack team for sure. And then with Watson, although when we last saw him a couple of years ago, he was really good, right? Like he was one of the best five quarterbacks I would say in the NFL. At this point, when you come in at week twelve. And, you know, he's not practicing with the team, so he's just expected to kind of come right in and just, like, lift the team up. I find that hard to – I find it hard to believe that he's going to be able to do that. I mean, you need time to adjust with your receivers. You look at any, like, new quarterback coming into a situation on a new team, like Tom Brady, for instance, you know. He comes into Tampa. It's a little bit of an adjustment. You know, he doesn't play as well those first couple weeks. So you think about Watson coming in at week 12. I think it's really not a great ask to just expect him to come in and be the same – quarterback same player he was two years ago I don't think he will be so I don't even think the team's gonna be that much better this year when Watson does come back to be honest so with that being said the team is kind of what it is now and I think that team is a middle of the pack team they're over under is eight and a half I think they're I think on paper they're a little better than the Steelers but I think they're again when I look at their schedule they're right around eight wins yeah Ben what do you think so I mean Again, I agree with, with most things you guys said. Like, offensively, I mean, I think when you lose Baker Mayfield, who, again, many people consider this time last year the best quarterback in the division, and by many people I mean literally only Browns fans, it's tough It's tough when you lose the best quarterback in the division. But you have Deshaun Watson for six loss. games. So, um, I mean, Jacoby Brissett, like, I would say he's like, is he a true number two quarterback? No, he's like a one and a half. He's better than a lot of backups, but he's not a starting quarterback. So what kind of play you're going to get from him, well, I think we can kind of expect. We've seen him filling in a lot of different positions. So you can expect, I think we have an idea of what kind of play we're going to get from him, which is okay. Not going to be amazing. Not going to be anything that amazes you, but it's not going to be a true backup quarterback for 11 games. So I think they can be okay with him there. I don't think it's going to be as big of an issue as maybe some people think. And then, again, you get Deshaun Watson for six games. Who knows? That That is a total toss-up about after two years how he's going to play with everything that 
that he has to deal with this year, I I think it, it he might play great. He might be terrible. I have no idea. So aside from the quarterback position, they have a lot of talent. I mean, I think it's very clear they have a lot of talent on the field. Obviously, they have probably the best running back room in the NFL. Now, their receiving core, not great. I mean, Amari Cooper is not a superstar wide receiver by by any means, but he's a good, I mean, he's a solid, I guess, number one receiver for them. Um, I think a lot of people are expecting, what's their tight end's name, Njoku or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think people expect him to have a big year because of kind of the lack of receivers on the outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot Cooper. to talk about Njoku. Could we, could we talk about him for a second? This man got a, Go for a full extension, and he's had, I mean, let's look up, like, his... His it hasn't stats. been great, has yeah, it? Yeah, no, no. He got a full extension, and he has not amassed more than 650 yards in a season. And he did that in 2018. I mean, the, only thing I, yeah. the only thing I know about him is that every year Browns fans say this is the year he's going to take off, I, and he hasn't happened yet. This year is no different. They say the same thing, I mean, so I don't know. I like him. I, I actually really like Njoku, but, I mean, at the end of the day, you need a really good you need a quarterback, right? <laughs> like you, you need a good quarterback. If, True. If he had Tom Brady, like he'd be incredible. Or if he had Patrick Mahomes, he'd be awesome. I, I like Njoku, but, again, you need yeah, a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, seemingly, if, if they might be getting there, you know? With, uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, again, he, he's not a he's not a bad player. We'll see what happens. I think he he will get opportunities yeah. this year that he maybe has not gotten in the past. It's whatever. Um, their offensive line has been you know people have raved about them. Yes, they've taken a hit on the offensive line, so that that's that might be an issue. It might not. Especially be. with this know. run first offense, I don't know. I just feel like it's Absolutely. an uphill battle Absolutely. a little bit for the Browns this season. I totally get that. In in, in terms of um, their over under, if it's eight and a half. I'll take the under, but I, I think it's very I – mean, I'll take eight wins. Like, if it's eight and a half, I'll take eight wins. But if they get nine wins, like, I get it. They got eight wins last year, right? And they're playing a third-place schedule. So, I think eight wins is, is pretty close to accurate, at least in my opinion, for them this year. Yeah, eight seems like a I, – I was telling Aaron on the A-Team podcast, I was like, I, I feel like nine is a, a lofty goal, but a goal, like a, a, a reasonable goal, you know? Like, I sure. feel like they could reach that. But yeah. it, it seems it seems like that might be a little tough to do. Um, but let's move on, Ben. Let's let's save the uh, the Bengals for last. Um, you know, you do whatever you want, dude. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's, let's go to the Ravens next. Cause I think uh, there's some interesting things to talk about them. Uh, Ravens, Baltimore Ravens are a fabulous football team. I, I, if I may add, uh, the greatest franchise ever in any sport. But you know, nevertheless, let's. If you turn we'll injuries the, off, if you turn yeah, injuries if we off, turn injuries off, then this they is a video game. Would, uh, and I, I think the Ravens are in an interesting point as an organization. 2019 was the year they really should have won. Uh, they won 14 games that year. That was the year they should have pieced it together. Since then, to me at least, they have had still really good teams, but they have had tons of injury issues and things just haven't fallen into place. Last year, uh, the Ravens were like 8-3. and three. Lamar went down. They went like 1-5. and five. So Lamar Jackson is a, a pretty important piece on this team. You look at additions and losses they had. Uh, to me, they didn't lose a ton of very, very important pieces. A couple of p- important pieces they did lose, though. Uh, Sam Koch, their punter for 20-plus years, um, who is widely considered one of the better punters in the league. Very, very big deal. Deshaun Elliott, their starting safety, who was out the entire year last year, went to the Lions. Tavon Young, Jimmy Smith, uh, and Anthony Averett, cornerbacks that all played really important time last year. Uh, that are direly important to the team. Brandon Williams, who was on a max contract at a point in time. Uh, Bradley Bozeman, their starting center. So they have retooled and gotten pieces that I think remedy a lot of this. Marcus Williams is one of the best free agent players um, that was available. The Ravens sign at safety. Kyle Fuller, 
Um, the Bears cornerback, who I absolutely love. They re-signed Calais Campbell, very, very important, and Justin Houston. Uh, they acquired Morgan Mogus, Moses to be buff, beef up the offensive line, especially after last year with all these injuries to their offensive line. Uh, Michael Pierce, defensive tackle from the Vikings, uh, who was on the Ravens once at a point in time, then got a max contract from the Vikings, is a great piece to replace Brandon Williams. You look at their draft picks, they've had a lot of really key guys they got in the draft. Tyler Lindenbaum, uh, the center from Iowa, is going to be playing a lot at center. I hope he's amazing. Uh, Kyle Hamilton was a weird pick. It's like, why are we drafting safeties? You just signed a max contract safety, but uh, seemingly they're going to play a lot of safeties and a lot of nickel um, to provide opportunities for those guys. Uh, you look at Isaiah Likely. He didn't even dress in the last game because he's played so darn well. Uh, tight end, another position that I wouldn't say the Ravens immediately need. Um, but gaining this talent, I think, is going to be important. With players coming back, and this is one thing I talked to you guys about, and I know you guys think I'm just saying this so I can get good juju, but I really mean this. The Ravens had so many injuries, so many important injuries. They are prolonging into this season. We see uh, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. They're not going to be 100% for a while. Ronnie Stanley hasn't played in two years, and he still hasn't even played much. He's been off the pup list, but we haven't seen him in two years, and he's one of the most important players in the Ravens. Uh, we got a lot of players coming back who are not going to be 100% at the start. And I think this this makes them, you know, brings them down quite a lot of notches in my mind. Uh, too many important players. J.K. Dobbins, when he played, was just fabulous. And I was so wrong about him. I mean, Ben, you remember how much I hated the Dobbins pick? You remember that? I mean, how could I, how could I forget? I you hated about, it. I mean, every time he was on the screen when he was at Ohio State, you told me how much he was terrible. So and I was, how could I forget? I'm happily to say that I was so wrong. I, I love him, and he is going to be very important when he does get back 100%. So I'll stop blabbering here. Uh, they're over-unders at 9.5. Uh, or wait, was it 10.5? 10, 10 what I don't remember. 10.5. It was 10.5, which seems very high to me. Um, but, Ben, let's start with you. What do you think about the Ravens? Um, so again, like last year, so many injuries and I'm not trying to drink some, but like it's, it's impossible to have that many inj injuries again. So you'd think that, that on paper, they're going to be a lot healthier. And yes, I totally understand. I get the whole thing of like those injuries linger into this year. I get that. Um, but I mean, they won how many games last year? Eight games or something last yeah. year. And, and they were a JV team by the end. And I get it. Like most of those wins were at the, the first half of the year, but I, I think that the Ravens are going to be fine, and part of this is just assuming because of how great of an organization and how fantastic of a coach John Harbaugh is, I, I just can't see them losing more than eight games. I really can't. Um, just be Again, just because of, of what they've done in the past, they've always made something out of nothing. Even last year, they made kind of something out of nothing. So, I mean, you still got Lamar Jackson, who's a fantastic quarterback. Yes, your receiving core is essentially non-existent. I couldn't tell you one receiver on their team. Um and they're, I mean, they're always going to have a, a pretty solid defense. They're always going to be physical on both sides of the ball. You forgot in terms of who they lost, Brandon. Uh, their defensive coordinator is no longer there. Let's not forget that. Yeah, but they after added he got, after he got embarrassed added, by Joe Burrow they, for five twenty-five. They added Mike McDonald, <laughs> uh, the uh, defensive coordinator from the University of Michigan, uh, who did a fabulous right. job last year at Michigan. That sounds like some some nepotism, if you ask me. But <laughs> whatever. Might, there might um, be some favoritism uh, there for sure, but uh, I'm hoping but it's they, great. My my point is this, and I, I'm not gonna. I don't need to go into detail because that's what Brandon's here for. And if I say anything wrong, he he will he will correct me on it. But they're gonna be a physical team. They're gonna be in every game. They're not gonna get blown out by any team. I just don't see that happening. I think they'll be in pretty much every game they play in. 
Um, if the over under is ten and a half, ten and a half. I mean, a let, to take the over and take eleven is a lot, yeah. especially in this division for any team. So I'll take the under, but I, I think they can. They not easily. I don't want to say that, but I think they can definitely win ten games. I think that's a possibility. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, ten and a half seems like a lot. I, I there's very few teams I would project to win eleven or more games. Like very very few. It's just hard to do that in the NFL. Really really difficult, especially with how difficult this division has gotten. You look at last year where. The Browns and Steelers, in my opinion, were not like super formidable opponents. Not that either team is necessarily bad, but just the quarterback play was so bad that it, it deteriorated them. Um, and look at the Bengals, who had you know Joe Burrow really coming in with himself. And we'll talk about the Bengals in a little bit. Uh, Jamar Chase was wonderful, and it, it, seemingly, I, I have a lot of thoughts on the Bengals. They got a great deal better. Um, the Bengals did play a last-place schedule, though, so it's going to be interesting to see how they conform when they play a lot of teams that are really, really good. But nevertheless, we're not talking about them. The Ravens at 10.5 just seems like a lot. I, I think you're right. I, they very well could win 10-11 games. I, I think it's possible. But it's not what I'd predict. I, I don't think they will do that necessarily. I see probably 9 games from them. I, I feel like 9 is a reasonable number. Uh, 10 or 11, I think, is a reasonable goal. Uh, but 9 to me seems like a, a pretty solid number. They do have a, a, the last place schedule, which is really, really nice. That will definitely benefit them. Um, depending on when people get healthy... Uh, when we get people on the field uh, at 100%, that's going to be the big determiner of if this can be a special season. Trevor, uh, what do you think about the Ravens? Yeah, so I, I actually I, I want to start with the Ravens' defense because I really like their defense. I mean, the I, defense I, is I really have, good. I have for, I mean, last year I liked their defense. And yes, I mean, they went 8-9, they were a losing record. But even just like looking at some of these results from last year, even games they were losing, like there were a lot of low-scoring games. It was more like games where Lamar was out and they were losing like close losses like 20 to 19, 24 to 22, 16 to 13, 20 to 19 uh, when Tyler Huntley was playing some of these games. So if they I mean if they flipped a few of those results, they would have been in the playoffs. They would have been 10 and 7 or, you know, something like that, maybe an 11 and 6. Um and this year, you know, you mentioned they have a last place schedule. So uh, when I'm so the defense I really like, again, obviously we we get the injury thing. But on paper, the defense they have, it's it's well-rounded. Like It seems like they have a pretty good front seven. Uh, I've always loved their secondary. I think in terms of their secondary, they might have uh, – I, I think they might probably have the best secondary in the division. I mean, the Browns is iffy. The Steelers kind of sucks, to be honest. The Bengals is all right, I guess. I don't know. Ben could probably educate me a little bit more on that. They have a couple good players, I guess, but a couple others that maybe you could call them weak links. But I think the Ravens probably have the best secondary in the division, so – I think they I might think have the like, best secondary in football. They might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might. They might. Marcus Peters, so, Marlon Humphrey, Chuck Clark, Kyle Hamilton, it's, and Marcus Williams now. It's, it's right. insane. They, they, and, they, and they draft a guy. So it's like the Ravens are like, oh, we're just, we're just going to focus on our secondary. Secondaries win championships. I think that should be the slogan. And if you look at the, the progression of the AFC North, look at the, the, the receiving cores and uh, quarterback power they have to play. they got to play Joe Burrow. they got to play Deshaun Watson. The Steelers had Deontay Johnson, um, and they, they just drafted a young quarterback. Uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the Bengals have Jamar Chase, who's an absolute handful. And uh, yeah. I, I think, it, for good reason, they are beefing up their secondary um, and really yeah. trying to make sure that they have those parts like on lock. That, now, that part of their team is relatively healthy, and I'm very excited for yeah, so I really like their defense. I think their defense could be one of the best five defenses in the NFL if they're healthy. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they were one of the best defenses. Um, on the offensive side, obviously, again, you always look at the health thing, but when you have Lamar Jackson, I mean, look at his track record. 
wins a lot. You know, it's it's proven. Um, now, last season, there were some moments with Lamar, especially early in the season, where I was just like, what am I, like, he's incredible. What am I watching? Like, that Colts game, I told you, Brandon, I, I watched that game live last year. I went back on YouTube because I was like, you know what, I want to go watch these highlights just because, uh, just for the fun of it, just for my own enjoyment. And he was so incredible in that comeback. Um, I think he had, like, a fumble, like, on the one-yard yeah, like, early in the game. game. I, I think that's one of the best games he's ever played. He, he was, And the I, thing I, is, I is people, he's been talked down on his throwing so much. He had to throw in that game to, like, come back. And it's Absolutely. not against... It's not against like a bad team. The Colts went nine and eight. This isn't a team that's that went you know won four games last year. Uh, the, the Colts had a winning record and they came all the way back from winning that game where he had to throw really well. Uh, that was definitely one of the better like displays of his potential. Yeah, so I mean that was definitely one of the better ones. That was awesome. But I what I will say is that it's not always like that. You know, I think there's some inconsistency there. You look at some of these other games. You look at the Cincy game, where Cincy beat them 41-17. to I'm sure you like hearing that, Ben. Uh, you go to the <laughs> Miami game. They lose 22-10. to I mean, there, there were quite a few games then, you know, just weeks later where it was, it was not so good. So there's some inconsistency there. Um, but overall, Lamar, obviously, is very relied on. He's a very good quarterback. Um, and then you look at the running back situation. I, I, I like their running backs. I mean, I think they're pretty good. Uh, they're like they're healthy. Line. They're good. If they're healthy, they're good. Uh, their offensive line situation's pretty decent. I don't. I don't think it's bad. Um, personally, I don't know. Um, I think it's pretty good. The wide receivers is the main area where they are in trouble. They have one of the, I would say, one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL. Brandon, you probably would agree with that. Probably the worst. It's, yeah, it's pretty bad. So that's the clear. It's it's area gonna be a big season for where, Rashad they, Bateman. They're bad. Yeah, big big season for him. Obviously, Mark Andrews. That's the one player that I do. I really love Mark Andrews. But that's their one area. Outside of that area, I think they're pretty, pretty well rounded. Their defense is really good. Quarterback situation, running backs, O line. If they're all healthy, all good. The only thing that's a, a problem for me is the wide receivers, right? So that's the issue. If you look at their schedule, um, last place schedule. Um, so I go through here. I'm looking at the games. I'm like, okay, there's a win. There's a win. There's a win. I'm coming up with a lot of wins for the Ravens, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think I come up with about 10, maybe even 11, to be honest, when I'm looking through this. Now, injuries is always the big thing. So I am thinking that over-unders 10.5, and, um, and you guys think it's really high. I mean, I, you know, I, I do think it is a little high. It is a little high. But I think the Ravens, the more I'm looking at it now, I think they can get the 10 wins. I think that's where I would uh, project them, which for me would be second in the division, and get them a wild card uh, spot most likely. Well, I sure hope you're right, uh, and they do better than I expect, but it's a long road with these injuries. But let's get to our last team. Uh, of course, Ben, your favorite team, uh, which is the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the Bengals, I think, had a really interesting offseason because they didn't lose a lot and they didn't gain a lot in terms of like numbers of players. But the players that they lost compared to the players they gained, they gained huge gains in terms of players. Uh, Leo Collins was one of the best free agent pickups anyone could possibly have, one of the best tackles available. Um, Alex Kappa from the Bucks, Ted Carcass, really, really great pickups. Um, resigning Eli Apple, I think, Ben, we can all agree, might be a negative. Might be their only negative. Uh, Jesse Bates was franchise tag. VJ Hill, uh, they resigned. So I, I think they, they were able to achieve a lot of positives um, in their acquisitions, which is really, really great. While not losing a lot, I feel like they got rid of some offensive linemen who just weren't that effective. Uh, they lost Uzama. Uh, but gaining Hayden Hurst, I feel like, is kind of a wipe in that category. Like, I don't think I don't think 
uh, Uzama's, like, amazing. Like, he signed way too big of a deal. I wouldn't sign him, but I think they made a smart move. Um, so, in terms of the Bengals' offseason, I felt like this was really, really successful. You look at this team, too. It's so young, and they have young players that I feel like haven't even peaked. I don't think we've seen Joe Burrow's best, which is pretty wild to say. I don't think we've seen Jamar Chase's best. I don't think we've seen Joe Mixon's best. Um, so the Bengals seemingly got better. Now, in terms of the negatives, last year, I think they had just like this wonderful string of luck for the entire season. Very few injuries, uh, playing teams on what seemed like to be their worst days. And it's definitely going to be more of an uphill battle in terms of playing harder teams. Um, and I, I think uh, going, you know, if they were to play as good as they did this past year, this upcoming year, they would lose more games. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the Bengals are a better team than they were last year in a much harder division with a much harder schedule. Um, and I think the Bengals are going to win the division. I think they'll be the favorites to win the division, although it seems like they're not for whatever reason. They, they're, their over-under is uh, 9.5, which seems a little criminal to me. I feel like 10.5 is a perfect number for them. Uh, the Ravens' perfect number would be 9.5. Um, so to me, I feel like they should be switched. Uh, but uh, the Bengals are a really, really, really good football team. Um, and I, I think, I don't think, I'll say this, I don't think they're going to be competing for a Super Bowl. I think them getting the Super Bowl was, was a grand string of, of great luck, um, and really wonderful play at the end. I think the consistency, they'd have to keep that up, uh, in a much better AFC is going to be quite hard to get back to the Super Bowl. And there's also the, the, essentially the curse of the losing Super Bowl team being much worse, which they'll have to get over as well. Uh, but Ben, I'm excited to hear your thoughts, especially on what I just said. Um, what do you think about your team? Yeah, so the first thing I want to address is something that you've said now on multiple podcasts, um, and that has been the most common analysis of the Bengals this offseason, which is that they were lucky last year, which, in my opinion, if you say that, you just don't know what you're talking about. Um, and injuries aside, you can't say injuries, and Brandon, I'm going to challenge you to not bring up the Baltimore Ravens last year when I talk about injuries, because you've, I've never been able to talk about injuries without you bringing up the 2021 Baltimore Ravens, so let's try to do that, okay? Is that a promise? <laughs> we, we can make that happen. Okay, so injuries, you can't control. There's nothing I can do about that, okay? And it's not like they didn't have injuries last year, okay? T. Higgins, hurt. Logan Wilson, one of the best linebackers in the NFL, hurt. Ogan Joby, hurt. B.J. Hill, hurt. Okay, they had injuries. Now, did they have injuries to their their best positions? No, but let's not forget that Joe Burrow was still rehabbing, still rehabbing, not done with rehabbing. He was still rehabbing halfway through the season from his ACL the year before. Oh, and also you can you can measure. There's a metric for how injuries affect the team, and the Bengals were the most affected by injuries from 2012 to 2020. So let's not forget that. Okay, let's not forget that. So yes, they were very fortunate last year in terms of injuries when you look at things, but before that, they were not. So it kind of evens out in that aspect, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, not to mention, them going to the Super Bowl was not luck. They beat the Chiefs twice, once in the regular season, once in the AFC Championship. Okay. They beat the Raiders, who I said was not very good, very favorable matchup. Brandon on this podcast said we're a pretty good team. And they beat the Titans, who were a division winner, had Derrick Henry, who had rested for two months at that point, and just had not a good quarterback, and the Bengals exposed them. So them going to the Super Bowl is not luck. Patrick Mahomes playing bad in the second half is not lucky for the Bengals. They did this thing called make adjustments, and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid had no idea what to do because the Bengals gave them a defense that the, the – um, Chiefs had not really seen that year. So that's just good coaching. That's just good gameplay. That's just them being better than the teams they were playing. So in terms of the luck thing, I hate that. I don't understand where that's coming from. It's whatever. I've had to listen to it for six months. Now I'm over it. Okay. Let's talk about their offense real quick. Best offense in the NFL. Not my thing. That's what most people say. Many experts would say that. At the very least, best receiving core in the NFL. Okay. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd did not even have a good year last year. T. Higgins was hurt. 
uh, all year he had to deal with the shoulder thing. He had surgery to fix that this offseason. I would expect their um, offense to be great. They have a top four or five receiver. They have a top five or six running back in Joe Mixon. They have a top five or six quarterback in Joe Burrow. Last thing here, the defense. People said that was the weak part of their of their team last year. Well, what they do in the draft, five of their six draft picks were defenders. Their first three rounds were defenders. Their secondary, Trevor said, was not great last year. I agree, it's still not that fantastic, but their first two draft picks this year were Dax Hill from Michigan, first-round pick safety, Cam Taylor-Britt from Nebraska, uh, second-round pick cornerback. So they've done what they needed to do to up their presence in the secondary. Um, they franchise tag Jesse Bates, who's a top, I don't know, five safety in the NFL. So they've done what they need to do in terms of fix their defense. They still have Trey Hendrickson, who had like 14 sacks last year, but nobody ever talks about him for whatever reason. Um, they still have B.J. Hill. Hey, not, he like is said, grossly underrated. He is very underrated. Um, and when the Bengals signed him, people said it was the, the most ridiculous thing ever to give him like the 60 mil or whatever for four years or whatever it was. Um, well, like it, I said, was ridiculous at the, it was ridiculous at the time, but it's it was. proven to be a great deal. I agree. So, again, I, I, I don't need to talk here for 10 minutes about the Bengals, okay? But <laughs> I like doing it, so I'm going to do it. Um, the last thing is in terms of Joe Burrow's production, it was very clear last year, like, oh, he's throwing too many picks. He threw 16 picks, but his last eight games he threw two. So, clearly he got better the second half, and he made it very clear that the first half of the year he was still uncomfortable with his knee. He really wasn't 100%. He said he was about 80 to 85% the first five or six games of the year once he was 100 percent, or at least he said he was 100 percent, he was the best rated quarterback in the nfl okay that is not me that is pff who measures literally what quarterbacks can actually control everything that a quarterback can control joe burrow was the best quarterback in the nfl at that last year according to advanced metrics so um we'll see i in terms of a no over under i'll wrap this up because i've been talking for way too long um nine and a half I take the over. I took the under on every other team, and that's maybe that's me being biased. But I, I think ten wins. They went ten and seven last year. Yes, their division's harder, or that not their division. Their conference is harder in general, and their schedule's harder. But they got a lot better. Okay, last year many people said, many people all over ESPN said, if the Bengals just had a good offensive line, they'd be a phenomenal team. Well, guess what? They have a pretty decent offensive line now. So Very solid. I think they'll. Pre- I think they'll be a pretty pretty good team this year. Knock on wood. Hopefully, most excited I've been for a Bengals season in my lifetime. If I had to guess, I'd say they go ten and seven like they did last year. Trevor, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm again. I, I you, I'm one person. You don't have to sell on the Bengals, um, right? Like, I think the Bengals are one of the most criminally underrated teams going into this season. I think they were. Well, let's be honest. I wasn't a believer in the Bengals last season, so I can't really act. I mean, like neither I was, was I. Nobody was. Nobody I was. So yeah, it's, nobody it's totally was. Fair. Nobody was. So I can't act like I was. But after seeing how they finished the season last year, not even just the playoffs, the regular season as well, because a lot of the things you said then, totally, yeah, on point. Like looking at their back half of their schedule. Um, I mean, you know, they only had a few losses, um, which were really like like blips. Like I mean, obviously the Browns' loss was when they sat out Burrow, so that doesn't even matter. It doesn't count. It doesn't, it doesn't count. count. Uh, they have an overtime loss well, does, to San Francisco. But we're not counting it. Overtime loss to the 49ers, who are a very good football team. Uh, you know, bad loss to the Chargers, also a good football team. Um, but then outside of that, I mean, a lot of good wins. The Chiefs won. They beat the Ravens uh, by 20. They destroyed the Pittsburgh Steelers 41-10. to have to mention that. Um, so really good back half. And then really good, uh, you know, playoff stretch, playoff run. And even that Super Bowl, because as much as you can look at and like, whether they're lucky or not, you know, I, I, again – if you make it to the Super Bowl, you win three games straight, you deserve to be there. And the Super Bowl, they played very well. They came very close to winning. So, And again, I think they definitively got better in the offseason. So if this is a team that won 10 games last year, 
uh, where they really made a run at the end. I think their last, I don't even know, I, I closed off the tab of their schedule from last year. But they finished the back half really well going into like this run to make it to the Super Bowl. They, I feel like, yes, they have a harder schedule, but I feel like it's, I feel like they're going to improve off that win total, to be honest. Their over-under is 9.5. I think they're going to win about 11 games. I wouldn't be shocked if they win 12 games because I think they're that good. Um, seems like their offensive line improved, and I think their offense is going to be a top three offense in the NFL. I mean, it's them, the Bills, um, I don't know, maybe Tampa, maybe, I guess, Kansas City because they still have Mahomes, but they're going to be right up there with those teams in terms of offense. And then the defense, um, we saw, you know, some really good signs in the playoffs from, like, their pass rush, from their interior defensive line. So I think that's some good signs. Uh, and then they're, again, you, you talked about the secondary, so I don't really need to add a ton of that. But overall, the Bengals are a really solid team. I think they're one of the best. Um, I would say they're a top three, top four AFC team, and I think they're going to win this division. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the Bengals are the best team in the division, uh, at least at the moment. Uh, but I think that'll continue through the entire season, and they'll definitely be my favorite. In terms of the luck, let's let's talk a little bit about their luck, because I think luck is all about things you can't control, which is what you said. Now, injuries, we could talk about if you want, but you said let's take those out. Now, to me, that's like the definition of luck, because you can't control injuries. But let's take a look at the They other- still had injuries, though. It's not like they didn't have injuries. They still had plenty of injuries. But I mean, like they would have been in, not to Joe Burrow, but that was the year before. Every team so has. Like, I don't know what you want. Every team has some capacity of injuries, but in terms of like the scheme, like the grand scheme of the NFL, they were in the, they were in the lower end of injuries. Let's not. Let's also not forget that they were the least penalized team in the NFL last year. So that's just good. That's not lucky. That's just. I wouldn't. I, I wasn't even going to bring up penalties. That. Let's look at the other three teams in the division because I think all of the other three teams had very bad seasons when they were supposed to do much better. Which I think is a great deal of luck. They can't control how good the other teams are. You look at the Ravens, obviously, their injuries take them out. We don't need to discuss that. Let's look at the Browns. The Browns had Baker Mayfield, who was, I don't I mean, he's terrible. And the Steelers had Ben Roethlisberger, who's on the end of his career. Um, and you look at the Browns in terms of Baker Mayfield, who, if you ask most Browns fans, he wasn't at 100% the entire year. I think that's a ridiculous argument. I just think he sucks. So seemingly, they had... Two quarterbacks who were bad and one quarterback on the Ravens who didn't play half the year. So they squeaked by a division that really ended up being not that great. And to me, that's like a great deal of luck where they had to be able to play this division that really wasn't that. It didn't end up being that good. If you look at the playoffs, they got to play the uh, Raiders first, who I actually did really, really like because at the end of the season, they really turned it on um, and they started performing much, much better um, in they, to me, were a good matchup for the Bengals in the first round. And I'll give, the, I'll give them credit. I think the, the Raiders were, were not a terrible team. But they were definitely, in my opinion at least, the worst of the teams that made the playoffs. I mean, there was a point in time, not that like super into the season. I mean, they were like 7-7 seven and seven on the brink of not making the playoffs. They beat the Browns by two points. They beat the Broncos by four points. They beat the Colts by three points. All three teams did not make the playoffs, and they were not good teams. Um, and if you look at their schedule, they didn't beat any teams that were that great the entire season. Um, they're probably marquee wins, the Raiders at least, was the first game of the year against the Ravens when the Ravens were most healthy uh, and they won in overtime. So I don't think the Raiders were a marvelous team. I think that they beat uh, an inferior team and they really didn't play well in that game. You look at the Titans, Derrick Henry was finally back after being out the entire year of a relatively gruesome injury 
Um, and they played a team that, in my opinion, definitely was not that good. The Titans really were not good at the end of the year. At they were the number one overall seed. Like, I don't know what you want from them. They won a lot of games. I gotta push ba- yeah, I got to push back here. I think but we would say the same thing about the Cardinals. The Cardinals won a ton of games at the start. and they If just you're the number one overall seed, you you, got, you're got you a pretty good team. You so you can't be dismissing the Titans, the Titans at home I'm not saying the Titans are atrocious, but I'm saying at that point, I, I who beat the Chiefs in the regular season. Like, you can't give me that. We would have guessed that the Bengals would win. That's not true at all. The Titans were a huge favorite. Uh, the that's, Titans you were can't, a huge that's a wrong. Favorite. That's a that's a bad. That's a false statement. The Titans, the Titans were, were supposed to win that game. Minus two and a half. And favorite. they were coming off a bye. They were coming off a bye. They, they didn't were, play they the week were minus two and a half favorite. They were not a big favorite. We're getting into semantics here. Um, but, yeah, because Brennan's nitpicking the Chiefs, at ways that the Bengals with were With the Chiefs, lucky. with the Chiefs, I think they just played a good game. You know, you can you can if you really want to nitpick, you can be like Mahomes had like the worst half in his entire career. Well, that's what you said on the AA team podcast, which again is just the Bengals made adjustments and Patrick Mahomes yeah, didn't. Yeah, and I, I think you could I think you could make that argument, but nevertheless, Bengals made the Super Bowl, other teams didn't. I think this year they will be a lot better. I think this this team, I think the Bengals made a lot of improvements that people don't talk about. Like in because they made what I would call boring improvements. You know, offensive line is not a flashy position, Ben. You know this. You play the you know offensive line. So it's not a flashy position, but it's arguably the most important in football. And I know we agree on that. So they made a lot of improvements, I think, to positions that aren't super glorified. Um, and they're going to be a better team because of it, in my opinion. Uh, ben, final words on the Bengals before we get out of here. Yeah, just last thing real quick. I love the people that say that the Bengals aren't willing to pay Joe Burrow. Um, the Bengals are doing things that they've never done in their 50-whatever, five-year existence as a franchise in order to pay Joe Burrow. They I mean, just, of course I mean, they're they going to pay Joe Burrow. They just, say, they just sold the naming rights to their stupid. stadium for the first time ever to pay Joe Burrow. They're, they're doing all these things they've literally never done before yeah. so they can pay Joe Burrow. So the fact that people are saying they're not going to pay Joe Burrow is hilarious. But also, I mean, they're not going to they're not gonna have to do that for – like that won't even be an active thing for three seasons. Well, they're going to even... restructure it after this year. They can restructure it after this year. That's what they're going to do. Well, not he's not a rookie deal. You can't restructure a rookie deal, but they can extend him after this year whatever yeah, yeah sure. but like it's not gonna be in effect for three years it's really not no but they also got to pay jamar chase in four years and they got to pay t higgins in three or well, two years whatever, t higgins so. probably won't be staying but uh their, their plans to keep all three we'll see i you agree think? Uh, i don't know if they can keep all three again the Bengals are doing things they've never done before in their 55 year existence because this is the best team they've probably had in their 55 years yeah existence. this team is very very good they're gonna have a good chance this year for sure all right well i think we'll wrap up the podcast there for today thank you all so much for listening to today's episode as always uh, next week, sadly, Ben will not be joining us, but we will go through our power rankings, I guess. Right, Trevor? We'll, we'll talk a little bit you yeah, know, right before the season starts. It. It'll be really, really fun. Stay tuned for that. Of course, this Tuesday at 7.30 a.m., we'll come out with the A18 podcast with Aaron and Avery, um, and that'll be, of course, a good one. Uh, this coming Friday at 7.30 a.m., we're going to recap the Big Brother week, which uh, we haven't had the episode tonight. Obviously, Trevor and our team spoilers, but we have a great week. We have a great week ahead of us, Trevor. Um, so if you're not watching Big Brother definitely tune in it's really really great and of course like i said we'll be back next sunday uh, at 4 p.m eastern standard time with the small baller podcast uh, but with that being said thank you all so much for listening to today's episode and we'll see you guys next time go falcons